0: to help me help you uh, by giving me uh, a passage or passages or a verse or uh, I mean preferably if if I'm going to preach with it uh, a little bigger is better but not like too big uh, is if you know what I mean Um, and and these verses are meant to be the things in scripture that encourage you in times of hardship or in times of trouble, passages that you return back to time and again, things that have stuck with you through your life, where you turn for comfort or solace, or maybe there's a story behind it. Somebody has given you a passage uh, in a time of need uh, that, has, that you've just really clung, clung to. Um, or maybe uh, somebody, or, or, or maybe uh, at some point uh, in your youth, you found something uh, that resonated with you deeply uh, and has given you purpose and, and meaning, uh, whatever it might be. I, I would love to know, but uh, not just because uh, I'm nosy, <laughs> uh, but because I'd love to share that sort of encouragement uh, with the congregation. Uh, I sat in my my house uh, this past week, trying to figure out what the coming weeks might uh, look like, and it was one of these light bulb moments. It felt like inspiration. You know, it felt like this is this is the right thing to do, and the reason is is because probably a fewfold. But one, I, I'm in a place where I'd, I'd love to hear what encourages other people, because uh, there are days where I, I, I need encouragement, and I still need encouragement, and I'm guessing you do too. We're in a season, this year has been dedicated to strengthening and supporting one another, and so if there's passages of Scripture, if God is speaking to you through a passage, I'm sure somebody in the congregation wants to hear that same word, Right? And so to be able to share that uh, with the congregation would be wonderful. And so my story from this week to get us kicked off here is uh, that somebody, uh, well, I'll just say Jeff Sechrist, who happens to not be here, his son's getting married, and, but he, he sent me a, a text uh, over the week, a couple weeks ago, uh, of Psalm 20, the passage for today. And as I read through it, it just felt like, I mean, it felt like exactly what I needed, and I texted him back, and I said, you know what? I should preach on that at some point, point." <laughs> and so then I thought, well, now's as good a time as any, but then it went further, and I thought other people should uh, know about like what these, you know, what other people uh, are hearing from one another, and, and we should be having these uh, conversations uh, together, and, and I I'd love to be a conduit of uh of uh what is inspiring you and so I sent the email out and immediately you know uh it didn't take long and I started getting emails back I will say this much men uh I'd love more men to give me some emails uh the women are are crushing it right now uh but uh but no, immediately. I mean, there's like email after email after email. And while I will not be able to, to get through them all, I, I hope at some point to be able to weave some of these uh, through. But I, I'd, I'd love to give to you. And, and so what we've done for today, do, does everybody have one? Who does not have uh, this as they walked in? It's, it's Psalm 20 is what it is. Who, does anyone not have this? Just raise your hand. Uh, I've, uh, my daughter is here as she's ready to be Vanna White uh, and to give to you, uh, whoever needs. Just keep your hand up, and she'll, she'll come around and, and do that. Um, but here, here's the purpose of this. This is, uh, this is the passage I'm going to preach on. Uh, I'm actually not interested. <laughs> I want you to listen to my sermon today. I want you to take away something from it but what I really want you to take away from it is Psalm 20, right? And so I've even titled the sermon Psalm 20. And I want you to put this somewhere. Uh, maybe it's on a mirror somewhere like that you look. You can put it in your Bible, but only put it in your Bible if you actually open your Bible, okay? Uh, if, if it's going to sit there for a week and you're not going to open it, that's going to be a problem. It's also a different kind of problem. Uh, but You know, somewhere you'll see it on a regular basis throughout the coming week. And hopefully, hopefully over the course of these seven days, you'll read through it a few times, and you'll find encouragement uh, in this in a way that I felt uh, encouraged as well. We're nearing the end here. We're, We're getting very close. I'm trying to stall for time at this point. Anybody else? Do we have... Oh, we're done. We're out of of them. Uh, Lizzie, don't worry about it. I think there's a few more in the back. If you didn't get one, make sure you get one uh, on the way out. Let's begin with a word of prayer. God, our Father in heaven, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for the prayers of the saints. And I thank you for your word that speaks to us, is alive and well, where we find you. God, I pray in this moment, Lord, that I be uh, simply an empty vessel through which you speak your word to a congregation in need of a word. We have all come here this morning for that very purpose, myself included. Lord, we look forward to what you have to speak to us. and We open our hearts now. Amen. If you'll uh, either turn to Psalm 20 or just simply take the little card that was given to you, here's how I want to start. Um, I actually just want to start by reading Psalm 20. And I want to read Psalm 20 um, to you. Or uh, to say it differently, uh, I want to pray it as a prayer for you. Uh, You see, the psalm itself is not a prayer um, for the person who's writing it. It's actually a prayer for for the king, if you if you look down at verse nine, uh, I promise I'll get to the, it all. Uh, it ends with some clarity, and it, or maybe it would have ended if if we just read through it with some confusion. It says, uh, "O oh Lord, save the king," uh, which is an interesting, uh, you know, given this week's events with the queen. Um, but, O oh Lord, save the, the, the king. May he answer us when we call. And, and there the, the he answering us, I assume, is, is the Lord answering us when, when we call. And what this is, is, is um, this is not a psalm by David, I don't believe. It's a psalm uh, for David, actually. It's a psalm that is meant to be prayed for him. And so the person, the, the psalmist, the poet, the songwriter, the, the, the priest, or whoever's writing this on behalf of David is saying a prayer for the king. I think it's fully appropriate that we take this sort of prayer and we can pray it over others. Uh, I felt the prayer uh, over my own self this week both from, from Jeff, but, but also uh, from uh, the psalmist himself traveling 3,000 uh, years through time as if praying directly for my situation. And it talks about a, uh, a, a person or a, a day, uh, who's in a day of trouble. And this is where the prayer begins. And so if you will... If you find yourself this morning in, in a day of trouble, or maybe you know somebody who is, uh, I would invite you uh, to, uh, to just maybe close your eyes even and to listen uh, to what the word of the Lord is saying this morning. I will add my commentary to it, and I make no apologies. <clears throat> May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. In your day of trouble, may the Lord answer. He is a God who answers. He is a God who hears and sees and loves deeply. And in your day of trouble, may you know that the Lord is answering. And may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. This God of Jacob who made promises thousands and thousands of years ago and has kept his promises and has protected his people, may he protect you too. May he send you help from the sanctuary. A sanctuary kind of help. A healing kind of help. A peace kind of help. A bringing your soul back together in the presence of the Lord kind of help. And may he give you support from Zion, the highest of holy places, the place where God himself dwells. May he strengthen you and support you from Zion. May he remember All your offerings, in regard with favor, your burnt sacrifices, all of those things that you've done in your life, pouring yourself out for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, the ways in which you've succeeded as a Christian, as a a God follower, as a Christ follower, may he remember those and all the ways that you've failed. May he choose to forget and pardon and forgive. And may he re- be reminded of just how much you love him. And may he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all of your plans. Your heart's desire that is purposed toward him. that that is aimed at doing the desires of God, he will fulfill those, and may he do so. And those plans of yours, the ones that are aimed at his ends, the ones that uh, are are aimed at uh, the kingdom of heaven, and all that is meant, may he fulfill those plans, and may they come to fruition. And may we all together shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, may we set up our banners. On that day where God fulfills his promises, and where you meet him, and where you are reminded of how he has come through and saved you, May you raise the banner and shout for joy. May you remind yourself of just how good your God is. And may the Lord fulfill all your petitions, all of your prayers. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. And some people, well, they trust in chariots. And some people, they trust in horses. But you, not you, you trust in the name of the Lord Your God. We trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Because it is not chariots that get the job done, it is not horses that get the job done, it is not the power and the might of ourselves. It is the name of the Lord, our God. They collapse and they fall. But we rise and we stand. Oh Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. Amen. I asked the question of myself a few weeks ago in what ways do I experience God? Some of you have probably taken the, the class or, or read through the book, experiencing God before. And I, uh, I think there are actually many ways that we as individuals experience God. But there is one way that I, I do believe is at least one way, there's multiple ways, there's, there's at least one that I wanna talk about that is common to all Christians. And that is, we experience God through the word of God, right? God gives us the word. And in meditating upon it, we find not just words like that go into our head and and that is some sort of knowledge up there. But uh, in my experience, at least, through the meditation of scripture, I experience God in a real way. There's a practice that I do and I've said it before that when I I prepare for a sermon, I I read through that scripture over and over and it's amazing how every week, something arises out of it and speaks to my heart in a way that I I hadn't, hadn't seen on the first pass through or maybe on the second pass through or the third pass through. But through the meditation of the word, we find God speaking to our heart and our hearts in different ways. And so one answer that I had to the question is that where do I experience God? Well, I experience God in the word itself. And when we don't have the words to say, when we are struck for what is going on in our own lives, if you've ever been there I would point you, and I I pointed myself toward, the words that we find here. A deeper kind of truth, an ancient truth that has been with us since the beginning. in preparation for this, uh, and over the last few weeks, I've been reading uh, a book that I actually commend to you. I, I like it quite a lot. I just finished it yesterday. It's a it's a book uh, that has nothing to do with the Bible, actually, but uh, it's all about trauma, and it's called "The Body Keeps the Score," and uh, it's an excellent book. And I you get you get to the end of this book on trauma. And uh, trauma, of course, uh, comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Uh, It can happen in childhood. It can happen in adulthood. uh, It can happen collectively. Here we are on 9-11, right? We had this collective trauma 21 years ago. It can happen uh, to the world at the same time. We've been through a pandemic, right? Um, It it looks and feels uh, in lots of different ways, but coming out of trauma... Uh, is is often very difficult, uh, especially if it's deep-seated and deep-rooted. And the author, he talks about uh, a variety of ways to kind of uh, cope with and then uh, perhaps heal from trauma. Uh, and one of the ways struck me as uh, my cup of tea. Like it, w- it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is my jam, uh, and it's probably not yours, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Uh, he, uh, he recommended reading the, the plays of Sophocles uh, from the ancient world uh, 2,500 years ago. A guy named Sophocles, uh, a Greek, uh, wrote plays for the Greeks. Uh, But one in particular uh, called Ajax uh, has been used uh, with military veterans, right? Struggling with PTSD. And uh, it has been read uh, both to and by military vets struggling with PTSD. uh, And actually the Department of Defense even um, has spent a significant amount of money uh, on uh, providing this kind of treatment uh, to vets struggling, okay? And the reason and kind of the rationale of what's going on behind uh, this is that uh, this ancient Greek who lived 2,500 years ago, a long time ago, uh, he writes this play, again, Ajax, about a guy named Ajax. uh, And uh, this is a military vet who ends up committing suicide. And he leaves a legacy of pain. And hurt amongst uh, his military friends, uh, his uh, wife, uh, his brother, uh, his child, and you kind of see the uh, all of this play out. This PTSD play out on the stage of this two thousand five hundred year old play, right? And um, and so then the vets uh, read through this together, and uh, and they realize, and they find words in there, in this play, this ancient play, that they just didn't have themselves to speak, okay, Uh, if that makes sense, if you're tracking with me. The the play itself gave them the words that they didn't have. The the lack of language to talk about trauma uh, is uh, is actually quite normal uh, and Uh, this book's estimation. He even gives a a phrase or a word to it, alexithymia. Don't try to write that one down. Uh, And it simply means a lack of language to be able to talk about this thing that you're feeling inside, right? So you have all the feelings inside, but you have no way to express it. Um, I then thought, wow, I wonder if this happens with Scripture ever. This uh, 3,000-year-old text that we have sitting in front of us, right? Psalm 20, written 3,000 years ago, doing perhaps something very similar, giving us words when we don't have the words to speak. When I'm searching for a prayer in my own heart, and I just can't find it, David, or the Psalm of David here, comes in to rescue me, and through the word of God, I find the words to speak what is indeed resonating throughout me. I think there's something else going on that the author of uh, The Body Keeps the Score didn't uh, talk about, but I think is also true. What Ajax, this 2,500-year-old play, does for these military vets, in, again, my hypothesis here, uh, is that it connects these uh, men and women to to humans living a long time ago. And they're resonating with this same exact issue, and they're finding in their own hearts a shared humanity. And sometimes I think what we need is to see uh, myself in other people. And there's a power in seeing myself in you, the body of Christ, but there's also a different kind of power in seeing myself in somebody who lived 2,500 years ago. Because when I do that, well, then I realize there is something common to all humans that is way deep down inside, even if it's something disturbing like PTSD and trauma and the need to, uh, to, to speak uh, words of healing, that, that then connects me to that Uh, to, to my own humanity. It begins to open up the possibility of healing. And then to add one layer further and to pull us back to Psalm 20, if we're reading through Psalm 20 what we find is a man writing about things that certainly I'm thinking about sometimes and you're probably thinking about sometimes. He's uh, asking for requests that, uh, I mean, I could have written some of these myself, right? May the Lord answer you. If you've, he's saying this because sometimes he feels like God may not be answering May the name of the God uh, of Jacob protect you. May he send you help, right? May he remember all of the things that you've done. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. That phrase right there, Psalm 20, verse 4, that one felt to me, do you know the... um, the game Bible or not uh, on the radio? Have you played this game or have have you heard this? It's a Christian radio station, and uh, the, they do uh, they do Bible or not, uh, and then they read three passages or three like phrases, and then uh, the person who calls in has to guess this is from the Bible or this is not from the Bible. Um, I'm pretty good at it. I'll just say it. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but I, will say, I would say this much. Uh, if this phrase right here shows up on Bible or not, if it had showed up, I might have missed it because it sounds so modern. May God grant your heart's desires, Right? May God grant your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. I had the NIV version. That's the ESV version. I think I don't have the NIV up here with me. I don't. Uh, but it was even more modern, right? It was something like, uh, may God grant all your desires and may all your plans come to fruition. You know, it's was, it was like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> like, That's the prayer I pray almost every day, right? Uh, Give me all those things. And so, uh, I mean, I hear in this passage, I hear myself. It's just sometimes I don't have the words to say to actually say it. And so to hear someone else praying my prayer for me, I found tremendously powerful. Verse 5 May, at this point, it kind of takes a turn here. Instead of may God grant, now it's may we shout, right? May we shout for joy. And then may the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. When I read Psalm 20, or at least this week when I did, what I found was that when I didn't have the words to say, when I was experiencing some sort of emotional whatever, uh, and I had my own alexithymia, God's word spoke for me. And we can come to this book and we can find ourselves, yes, in somebody, a a human author who lived 3000 years ago, and we, we, can, we can resonate with that person, and, the, and it, there's a power in the fact that they experience what I experience and what you experience. But then adding the more important layer yet, that this is not just some human's word reaching across 3,000 years of history, much like Sophocles reaching across 2,500 years of history is powerful, this is God's word speaking throughout time. In places and ages and centuries and times. All through history and space. And the power there, well it's the word when we don't have a word. And I found tremendous Uh, satisfaction and solace in that this week. This sermon is in way about two things. It is about uh, when we don't have a word, but it's also about prayer. It's also about prayer. And when we pray, I think Psalm 20 has a few things to teach us about what prayer can and does look like. It is the prayer of a person praying on behalf of another person. And in it we find intercessory prayer, right? We find this man picking up the mantle uh, of uh, the, the king and the need of this king, and he's praying on his behalf. But there's other things, too, in this. There's the fact that in this passage, we also find that this this person who's praying on behalf of the king is praying in a bold sort of way. He's praying with lots of alls and everys and, uh, you know, may all of your petitions uh, be fulfilled. May all of your heart's desires and all of your plans come to fruition, right, These sorts of things. And there's a boldness in what this person is praying on behalf of the king. And I think God encourages us to pray likewise. It should be a humility, perhaps, on our part to recognize that just because we pray it doesn't mean it will come to fruition. That doesn't mean we shouldn't put ourselves out there. And we shouldn't ask for the things that we need. Especially from a loving father who is ready to grant and bless us in all the ways we need. We also see in here the role of remembrance in our prayers. And so here, for example, in verse 3, there's the remembrance on the the behalf of God. We're, We're asking God to remember, as if he didn't, but... We're asking God to remember all the offerings or the sacrifices or, or the things that, again, we've given up. But are we really asking God to remember that as if God didn't? The answer, of course, is no. We're reminding ourselves. We're remembering ourselves. But there's another remembrance that actually gets lost in here. The exact same word of remembering shows up in a passage that is much more familiar. It's down in verse 7. You might not even believe this. You can fact check me, I promise you. I'm the Hebrew is what it is. The word trust is not trust. It's remember. Right? Right? And here so to, to give a different rendering of this passage, "Some remember the chariots and some remember the horses, but we remember the name of the Lord our God." Now don't get me wrong, there's a trusting in all of this, too. But as this person is praying, they are saying, "When it comes to victory, some people, they will remember what got them through that victory is the chariots that we had and the horses and the spears and the military might and all of the human elements and he's saying not so with us that's not how we do it we remember that it is the lord our god who got us through right memory. I think the other piece of the memory is the last thing I'll leave you with here is that in verse 5, there's a memory that must take place when one is out of the day of trouble, how it all begins, right? And in the day of victory. You see, many of us, myself included, uh, we pray fervently in that day of trouble, do we not? Right. We cry out and we say, God, we need you, because we do. That's the right thing to do, so please keep doing that. But what this passage reminds us is that we also should shout for joy over Our salvation, or over that moment of triumph, when God does come through on our behalf, we should raise the banners up at that point and we should remember what God has done in our lives. We shouldn't forget that. And when we pray, we should do so regularly and we should, yes. We should advocate on behalf of ourselves and for others. And we should recall those times in which God has delivered us. Write them down. Write them on our hearts. Never forget the sort of God that we serve. In a few moments, we're going to take communion And in my estimation, communion acts actually a lot like the word of God. So if the word of God uh, is a, a place where we find God speaking to us and where we experience God because we are reading about and we are finding ourselves in the story itself, and we, we find ourselves resonating with this person who is praying on behalf of the king. Well, so also, in communion, what we're doing is we're enacting that day, the Good Friday, right? And we're, we're not just remembering, we're doing the remembering too, but we're actually playing the part of those disciples where Jesus breaks the bread and he passes out the cup and he says, remember this, remember what I'm doing. And we remind ourselves in that moment of the grace of God that has been poured out upon us in the most critical way possible. In that world-changing event of Good Friday, It changed everything. And sometimes we can lose sight of that. In our momentary troubles, they cloud that. But on days like today, the second Sunday of every month, where we gather together and we take communion together, we enact this most important event. And we remind ourselves of just how much God loves us, just how much grace has been poured out for us, and to whom... All praise and honor and glory is due. Let's pray together. God, in the moments that come here, we, uh, we settle our hearts before you. We prepare to receive communion, the bread and the cup, We know, Lord, that uh, we are a people who are in need of grace. Every day, in need of grace. We are in need of your presence. We are, yes, in need of a word, but we are in need of the word. The word became flesh. We are in need of Jesus Christ himself. And so today, Lord, as as we take the cup and as we break the bread... I pray that we be reminded of Jesus Christ's uh, willingness to go to the cross and the gift that he has given us. And I pray that it change us from the inside out. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.